always believe in the power of your dreams. Your dreams are bigger than you think. And if you believe hard enough, they'll come true. What's going on, everyone? Emily Abadi here coming to you live from the AG studio. You are listening to episode 185 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. This week, I am so amped, understatement, to be chatting with the one, the only, Jordan Childs. She's a pro gymnast, Olympic silver medalist, who made waves at this year's games by stepping in for best friend and teammate, Simone Biles, after she had to withdraw from the team competition following a shaky showing on vault. Today, we talk all about that moment in Tokyo, what it felt like to get that silver medal, and the necessary conversation that Team USA Gymnastics has sparked about the prioritization of mental health. Plus, we learned about Jordan's beginnings, right? How she unwillingly went to her first ever gymnastics practice, seriously, how she navigated verbal abuse early in her gymnastics career and the impact that has had on her, plus her big career aspirations beyond the mat. This conversation, to be real, it's fun and it's honest and mostly I'm just thankful that Jordan was able to squeeze me in while finishing up the Gold Over America tour. A huge thank you to her and the team for making this all happen. We're heading into the holidays this week, Thanksgiving on deck, Hanukkah on Sunday, and thus it begins. And so I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I am so, so grateful for all of you. And it kind of blows my mind that I get to show up week after week and do this and give back to all of you just like I feel like you give to me on the regular. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And if you're listening to this right this very moment, you know what I would love for you to do? Share this episode on your socials, in your Instagram story, with a friend, anywhere. Send it in a text message. <laughs> Wherever you want to share it, I am forever appreciative. Go on. Just takes a couple of seconds. Tell them why you love Hurdle. <laughs> with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Jordan Child. She's an Olympic silver medalist, gymnast. Jordan, welcome to the show. Where in the world right now is Jordan Childs? Currently, I am in Pittsburgh, which is really, really crazy because yesterday, well, no, the day before, we were in North Carolina. So, you know, I'm just traveling all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> all over the world. You're on the Gold Over America tour. Talk to me how that has been for you. You kind of jumped pretty much right into this not too soon after coming back from Tokyo. Uh, yeah, definitely was a right away thing. You know, this tour has been an amazing experience. I wouldn't change the world for it. And I'm happy I was able to be a part of it, which is really, really cool just to even say like, 
when I was younger, I've wanted to be on a tour and actually being in a tour is a huge, huge accomplishment for me. I love the uh, the sentence like when I was younger, not to like diminish your age right now, but you have done so much by the age of 20. That is absolutely remarkable. So it's just funny, you know, that kind of perspective. But if you've done this much already, like think about how much of more of the world is like for you to conquer. Yes, I know. It's been crazy. I mean, just to even think about my accomplishments from before I was even 20. That's crazy. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, so much I've been doing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite city that y'all have been to on this tour so far? Um, Obviously, Houston was my my go-to, you know. Um, My Texans were definitely out there representing us, which was really cool. But I mean, every city that we've gone to has been amazing. A lot of the cities I've been to before due to like competitions I've done out there, but definitely been been really fun and really cool the energy the vibes everything everything and like I mean just a landmark year for you which is crazy to think about the fact that not all that long ago about like four years ago you were kind of at a point where you were like yo I don't know if I really want to do this anymore talk to me about how you got to that point back in 2017 um It took me a while to be back into the position I wanted to actually feel like I could fulfill something. It took me almost two years. Um, But, you know, those are all lessons. Those are all things that people go through. Not every single thing in my life is perfect, and I don't consider my life perfect. It's not a thing that is up in the air where I'm just like, oh, yeah, my life is this, this, and this, but it's not. Everybody goes through a lot of things, and at that moment, I was just going through a lot of things, and it took me a while, but, you know, I had the support. I had the love. I had the encouraging words that people were giving me, telling me, like, look, you can do this if you want to. We all know you're talented, so if you want to do it, you do it. If not, that's on you, so it definitely was a huge like humongous toll on me but you know at the end of the day I'm just so thankful that I was able to to push through those years and just be able to look back and be like those years never existed (laughs) we just like pretend they never happened but I mean to your point like going through that time where you like looked at your mom and you were like I don't want to look at any of this gymnastics stuff anymore. I want to take a break. Like, I'm not about it. Like, you felt some kind of way to, like, go from that to where you are now. Like, that experience, it taught you so much. Yes, it did. I Honestly, like, if, if I even said that to my mom now, my heart would probably hit me, like, really, really hard. Because it's just, like, I went through so much. Like, the reasonings on why I wanted to do it was really, really crazy. Um, I just didn't want to be in that gymnastics world at that moment in time. But like, if I said that now, I'd be crazy. I don't know why I'd be saying it. You know, (laughs) like I said, they're lessons. And I don't think it's a, a lot of people say, oh, it's a failure thing. Like you were going to fail and da da da. But it's not. It's just a lesson that I had to learn. I don't believe in failure Mm. because failure isn't a thing in life. They're all just lessons. And you have to either figure out, okay, what did I do during this lesson? Do I pick bits and pieces out of it that I did good in it and take that with me? Or do I just leave that lesson behind and be like, okay, it's okay. I'm going to move on. So that's how I kind of figure things out. 
talk me through what had happened leading up to this period of time where you debated walking away from sport. And before you do that, I do just want to say that the wisdom that you have around this topic is like so well beyond your years. I know so many people that struggle to find the silver linings that you're talking about when it comes to overcoming what we refer to on the show as these hurdle moments, right? So kudos to you on that level. But talk to me about perhaps the the hardships that you were experiencing or the frustrations that made you just want to be like, nah, I'm all set. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, the hardships that I was going through was basically I was verbally abused. I was verbally abused to an extent of me feeling like even if you told me like, hey, this is what you look like. I would go into a shutdown mode and would not come out of my room. I wouldn't really eat. Like it was just really bad. It even came to the way I looked, my hair, my complexion, my everything. So those were the times that I had to figure out if I was going to be able to feel strong enough to continue knowing that I'm going to get criticized for things like this or to be like, okay, this isn't for me and I'm just going to figure out another route that I'm supposed to go. But you know, the person I am, I'm not a quitter. I'm a hardworking person. So I just took that with me and understood like, this is going to make me stronger. And this is going to make me feel like, okay, I was able to defeat something that I thought I wasn't going to be able to. So all that aches and pains and crying and feeling like I didn't exist in the world and all that stuff is actually a huger perspective in my life than it is in a lot of people because I took that with me and it made me stronger and it made me feel like, okay, I know where I can put myself in this position and I can stand strong and just continue what I need to do. So interesting, right? It makes me think about that. Uh, I feel like it's like a saying or something. It's like, don't take feedback from people that you wouldn't look to for advice. And so for you, I mean, this is about four years ago now to go through that experience and think about all of these things. Think about how you're going to feel about the fact that people are going to have an opinion about you. I mean, back then compared to where you are now, it's actually kind of really awesome. I mean, even though like it sucked in the moment, but if you hadn't gone through that then, I mean, now, like, I mean, you're, <laughs> you know, you've blown up after everything that had happened in the past year, you know, so to speak. So to be able to deal with this right now, it's like you needed that awful time. Yeah, I would I would say so too. Like I don't know what would have happened if I believe everything happens for a reason. That's how I take things. And it's been a while since I've even thought about what happened in the past and all that because it's like those memories are basically almost gone, which I'm so happy about because it's like mm. I want to transfer my life into a new basically a new season, a new chapter and feeling like okay, this is how my life is supposed to be. Um, but man, those, <laughs> I have no, like, <laughs> I have no say on what was going on, but it definitely yeah. was something yeah. that had pushed me to where I am right now. And I'm very, very thankful for that because like you said, I don't know what would have happened if that, those moments didn't happen. 
Yeah, for sure. So before we get into the the future and where you're going, of course, we do need to reflect a little bit on the past. So before, you know, the now and the past year, which was the Olympics and that big moment for you, when you got started with gymnastics, did you feel as excited and passionate about it as you soon would become? I honestly didn't know I w- what I was putting myself through. I just needed to get energy out. I had a, like, I could not sit still to the point where <laughs> my dad would ask me a question and I would only be able to answer the question if I was moving. And it got so bad to where he was like getting frustrated, like, okay, I can't deal with this. Like my daughter needs to actually give me an answer be- while she's staying still. Um, And so, you know, I got the gift of the sports part of my family. And it was something that like I could you can put me in track, I'll run track, you can I can hit a ball, I used to play softball, I used to do this, do that. But gymnastics kind of just stuck with me because it was something that I felt like I was a superhero. And I felt like I was able just to go out there and have fun with it and not worry about, okay, this, that and the other. So you know, at first I didn't know what I was doing, but then once I realized like what everybody else was doing, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do this. This is cool. <laughs> you know, it's interesting too about your story about getting involved with gymnastics and I'll let you tell it, but you didn't uh, really go at first willingly. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, <laughs> I actually was blindfolded and <laughs> it was sometime around December of whatever year that was, I don't remember, but I was um, getting picked up from school, I believe, and they blindfolded me. And as a little kid, you know, when you blindfold, you're thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to get a present. Like, this is cool. So I walked into the gym and they took my blindfold off and I looked at them and I started crying and I said, I thought you got me a puppy. Oh my God. Yes. That was my first time walking into the gym scenario. And they looked at me and they're like, oh, man, what did we just do? (laughs) (laughs) But how soon after that moment did you feel like you were actually like excited to start showing up at the gym? Do you remember? It was like so when they had told me what it was and what I was doing, I was like, "Okay, like, sure, I'll try it. And I progressed so fast that after like the second, it was like I was doing classes. There we go. It was my first time, like the second day I went into the class and I taught myself a lot of the skills that I did when I was younger. So I taught myself how to do a cartwheel. I taught myself how to do a back walkover and all that because I was watching like the girls and the other um, team and stuff. So three, four days later, I was doing classes, doing classes. And I went up to my mom and a bunch of people in the bleachers were telling my mom like yo your daughter is so talented and she was like (laughs) you know we're just putting her in here just to get her energy out like there's nothing right but then a bunch of coaches came up to her and was like hey we want her on pre-team then after that it was over with I went to pre-team I was learning things like really really quick and it was just it was really fast it was a fast road for me. That road was really, really fast. I feel like there's like a reason why so many gymnasts, I mean, first of all, it's a young sport to begin with, but why so many gymnasts start so young, because it's almost like you need that 
like next level of like uninhibited. I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to try right now, because as an adult, like you look at some of the insane, unbelievable stuff that you guys do on the beam and the bars and the vault and the floor. I mean, all of it. And it's like, holy sh! like, it's just insane. Yes, it definitely is. Like I said, I felt like I was flying or I was like a superhero half the time. So learning new skills and seeing what I was doing, like I can't even comprehend. Like if you if you showed me a video of when I was younger and what I was doing, I probably in that moment wasn't even comprehending on what I was doing in general. I think I was just throwing stuff half the time because that's just like what we do when we're younger. We're like, okay, we'll try this. Like, let's go. Like, there's nothing. But now if you told me that, I'd be like, oh, let me hold on. Let me make sure my back's okay, my shoulders. But <laughs> all these like old yes, pains. <laughs> exactly. Like make maybe like let me think about it a couple times. But yeah, definitely when you're younger, the those times where it's just okay, like let's just do it. See what happens. And obviously it's like we've all seen like different footage of famous gymnasts like taking the wrong tumble or or taking a fall or something like that. Do you recall the first time maybe uh, I don't know if you had to get seriously injured, but you took that misstep and how that made you feel like did that change your perspective of what was really going on in that room? So the very first time that I even attempted some things like so bad like that was on beam the one that I remember and it was before was it state or something and I was on beam and I was doing a two and a half dismount so it was two and a half twist and I hyperextended my knee like really really badly to where they were like oh my gosh if you didn't have the quads you do your knee would have been gone and I was like yeah like oh my gosh like, is my career over? Like, what do I do? But luckily, I was able to come back. But that was the first time I actually, like, was like, this is definitely a dangerous sport. Like, <laughs> anything can happen. Not being someone that's ever done gymnastics myself, I went, like, the ballet, like, less, like, scary route for a little while before I got into soccer and took a break from sport and then got into running. But not being in the gymnastics world, what kind of talk is there about maybe body awareness and like navigating injury, like kind of from the get go so that you can prepare yourselves for, you know, these potentially really scary moments? Yeah, definitely. I would say like making sure you are in the right mind at that moment because you don't want to be tired. You don't want to be, oh, I don't feel like doing this. You don't want to have those thoughts in your head because whatever the last thing your brain was thinking is what's going to happen. So if you're saying, oh, I'm tired, then your body, like how we do our movements, your body, your mind tells your body what to do. It's all being able to just be like, okay, so if I can do this when I'm asleep, I should be able to do it when I'm asleep. And so you going into those skills, you really, really need to think about like, okay, am I rested enough? Am I able to do this? Do I need to go tell my coach if something's wrong? Like you just have to be able to really, really think about what's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like it's like a very like mind body connection sport. It's almost like, all right, like I have mastered this routine. I know what's supposed to happen for the next four minutes, which seems like it goes by in a flash, but also takes forever. And when you're out there, it's like, 
in my, I mean, like when I'm watching, I'm like, it just feels like it's all just strung together. So I can totally hear what you're saying about like where your mind is at when you show up. Like that's a very, that, that really makes a big difference. Yes. Let's, uh, let's fast forward toward the Olympics, but I don't want to get there just yet. So after you got, came back from 2017 and started getting back into the singers things and training in Texas, talk to me about, uh, when you started to actually get excited for the idea of heading to Tokyo. It was actually the 2008 Olympics. I was watching Sean and Nastia at the time because my mom is loves the Olympics. She literally will like stay up from whenever it starts and won't sleep, like literally the whole entire time. And so at that time, that's what we were doing and gymnastics was on. And so I was watching and I was like, mom, I want to do that. I want to become an Olympian. I didn't say what sport. I just said I wanted to become an Olympian. I wanted to go to the Olympics. And so at that time, I still wasn't really like in gymnastics and gymnastics. I was just playing around. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, like, I believe I can get there and I'm going to be an Olympian. And so knowing now that the sport I'm in is gymnastics and that I went to the Olympics and I'm an Olympian and all that is pretty cool because it's just like when I was younger, that that younger self, those are just dreams. You know, we all dream. We all want to see what happens. We all want to do this. We all want to do that. And so when this finally came to happen, I was just like, wow. Like, I mean, at that time, if it wasn't going to be gymnastics, like what would it even have been? She wanted me to do track and field. So it probably would have been track and field, something dealing with like running or because of how tiny we are, like our family's tiny. I mean, I could have done volleyball. I could have been a libero. I could have done probably <laughs> fencing. But I feel like running, I mean, running's a part of your sport too. Yeah. Let's talk, let's, uh, let's actually talk a little bit about that, right? Because your sport is so much more than just time, like yeah. practicing your skill work in the gym. Talk to us about what a week or so of training could even involve for you. A week or so? Oh my goodness. There's so much that we do. It just depends. Everybody's schedules are different. For like for my team, we go like we practice twice a day and we do like conditioning. We do cardio. Some days it depends. We might do like basics here and there. We have some days it might be routines or parts. Like it just depends on what that week looks like. But on a daily basis, basically we wake up, have breakfast, go to practice come back, take our nap, go back to practice, come back, eat dinner, and repeat the whole thing over and over again. So that's basically what a week <laughs> looks like, except for on Sundays, um, we don't have practice. And then Saturday and Thursday, we only have one. You're not practicing at all. It seems very boring. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. What keeps you uh, motivated right now? Obviously, um, coming off of the Olympics, do you feel as though you have that same fire to keep practicing and keep going after it? Or after this tour, are you kind of looking forward to like a little bit of a break? Well, actually, I've been practicing this whole time because we kind of are doing skills that are kind of big but kind of not really just things that we can do um like every day because we're on a show well we're on we're on a tour so you know tours like it's like artists they sing almost every day it's like for us we have to flip and do that every day so we're practicing this whole time but afterwards I go off to college so I have to be prepared for that because um our season starts 
in January. So I'm kind of starting up, starting up. But, you know, we'll see what happens in the future, future. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> You're like alluding to the fact that you might be thinking about 2024, but we're like not really thinking about that yet. We're kind of just going to feel it out. Yeah, you know, we're just going to take day by day and see what happens. You know, I'm not going to give you a for sure answer, but it's up there. It's up there. Let's uh, let's flash back then now and talk a little bit about Tokyo. What did it mean for you to even have a spot on this team in a year that was unlike any other? It was a huge, huge honor. I definitely I'm known as the underdog in the Black Horse. So being able to be put on a team with not only a idol, a inspiration, a hero, I don't even know what else she is. And then also having three other girls there with us. Well, four of the girls. How many of us are there? There's six of us? Yeah. Four, <laughs> other, four other girls there that were also amazing as well. Like, I think having the atmosphere that we did was so, so, so amazing. And I'm just happy that I was part of Team USA in this moment because it's definitely going to be in history books. And it's definitely going to be at the Olympics. A lot of people are going to talk about until who knows when. So it was, yeah. it was huge. I loved it. It's so interesting for me to like in all the interviews I've watched with you and listening to podcasts before having the chance to sit down with you today. You truly are a woman that lifts up other women. And I think it's really beautiful how positively you speak about your not only your friendship with Simone, but Simone as your teammate. Sometimes when I'm listening to these interviews, I almost want to take a step back and be like, but how are you, Jordan? Like, how are you in that I feel as though, and it makes sense, right? Because you guys are teammates, but so much of the focus has been on not only like how you performed in the Olympics, but how you performed in the Olympics because you stepped in for your team. So I guess this is kind of like a multifaceted place that I'm going with this, but that's really beautiful that you are such a hype woman. Do you ever feel like you want to make your own path that's just Jordan? I mean, I've thought of it. I've thought of it 100%. <laughs> but, you know, how the world works, it's not about, like, I can present present myself any type of way, but it's how they're going to take it. Because a lot of the things, they don't know what happens behind the scenes, and they don't know what a lot of us go through. So, in my head, yes, I've thought of, okay, like, let's see what happens if Jordan goes this way. Or let's see what happens if Jordan goes this way. But it all depends on how my puzzle pieces are supposed to be, like, put in. And if they fit, they fit. And I'm just going to take that with me and ride with it. So, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, like you said, yes, I'm the hype woman of everything. And I love being that. And I love being able just to support others in different types of ways and just being able to be who I am as a person and doing this for myself, because that's literally what I've been doing is everything is for myself. I don't focus on the outsiders. I don't focus on the expectation that I'm supposed to be giving to people. I just focus on, on what I want to do for myself. And if that's being a teammate, a best friend, a sister to somebody who's great in the world, I'll do that. And that's what I want to do, because I know, like, 
I'll support her. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do the other. But everything happens for a reason. Like, that's why I go back to, like, everything happens for a reason. And I think this is a pretty cool reason, knowing that I'm best friends with an Olympian and somebody who's great in the world and who has changed the world in many different ways, because it gives me an eye and a perspective on what maybe I can do in the future and how I can just feel like I changed the world. Like I've changed multiple different girls, like visuals on how they do their hair on how they present themselves and all that. And so just being able to see that from my side, it's, it's pretty cool. I like it. I love, uh, I love what you said, like being best friends with an Olympian and it's like, Hey, you're also (laughs) an Olympian, not just an Olympian, but like a silver medalist, (laughs) but I totally hear you. I mean, it's really beautiful that like you have this opportunity to have someone in your life that not only supports you, but then also inspires you in return. Uh, let, let us now talk a little bit about what stepping in was like for you. I mean, from, you know, the couches sitting at home, it totally looked like a fight or flight kind of situation. Yeah, that was the most devastating thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I told her, I was like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. I'm never doing this for you again. And she started laughing <laughs> because it's true. Like her shoes are so big. And I just wanted to make sure I made her proud in those moments, just being able to be like, okay, I'm stepping in for you. Like, this is crazy. Never thought in the world, I'd be doing that for anybody in general. And being able just to see like the accomplishment that I was able to do that. I definitely fought. I fought because I knew I had to do something. It was for the team. It was for her. It was for the world to see like, no matter what happens, Team USA is a fight. Like we're we're fighters, no matter what. It was so devastating. My heart was aching because at the same time, I wanted to do it with her. I wanted to compete with her competing as well. But, you know, having her there supporting us and being able to say, okay, you guys, you got this. You can do this. You can do that. Like, I'm here for you was definitely a different perspective on us because we never got to see her in that position. She's always the one doing this, doing that. And we're like, okay, like, you got this. You got this. But having the role switch was definitely a huge thing. And I think that really opened a lot of people's eyes. Like, she's more than just Simone Biles. And so I think it was, it was pretty cool for me just to be like, okay, I'm in your position. Like, <laughs> what do I do now? But <laughs> definitely, <laughs> how do I do all these flips again? Like if someone just remind me, <laughs> it was definitely scary, Shoot. scary, scary, but scary. Yeah. I, I was, but I'm happy, you know, I'm happy that she was able to see a different side and that we were able to help her. Cause I felt like we helped her, you know? That's that's what I think. I don't know. I can't speak for the other girls, but I feel like we helped her and we were able just to be like, okay, we support you how you're supporting us. Give us a little bit more of like a read or a vibe of like what it was like to be on the floor in that arena. It was a definitely a dream come true. It felt like I was in a fairy tale at first. I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, oh my goodness, like where am I? But then when I realized after team finals and what we were going through and how everything ended up, it definitely was like, okay, I'm not in a dream anymore. This is actually real lifetime. And I'm very, very happy where I am. And I'm very happy that I was able to even be out there on that floor and just representing Team USA, you know? It was pretty cool. 
my vibe, obviously, you guys saw, I was pumped. I was hype. I was just out there. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it was all about making sure we were going to stay together and just support each other no matter what we were going through. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsors, both of which make excellent gifts. First up, I want to give some love to Hyperice. Now, whether you are an elite athlete or individual who is simply looking for solutions to combat the impact of daily life, Hyperice's suite of innovative products is here to help you unlock the best version of yourself. Plus, help us all keep pushing the world forward. Since the marathon, I'll be real, I have been loving a little extra hard on my Normatec 2.0 recovery boots as I ease back into my workout routine, which is definitely in a state of flux as I decide about my next big goals. But that's the thing about these boots, right? With them, I feel empowered to set them. The Normatec boots, they help me rejuvenate my body, increase circulation, and reduce pain and soreness. With seven different intensity levels, you can have a fully personalized, customizable experience. Now on the gifting note, if the boots are a little beyond your price point, then you cannot go wrong with the Hypervolt 2.0. The Hypervolt 2.0 is glorious. I use it all the time. It's a handheld percussive massage device that delivers targeted pulses of pressure to care for muscles, relieve tension, provide a relaxing massage, accelerate warm-up and recovery, and help maintain flexibility and range of motion. Basically, there's nothing it can't do. Okay, <laughs> exaggerating, but you get the idea. I love on mine. I use it every single day, and I know that the people you love will love it just as much. Now, Hyperice is having an unbelievable sale right now, but because you are heard a listener, I have some unbelievable news for you because I have an additional discount that you can use on top of the Black Friday discounts. That is right. Do what you love more by heading on over to hyperice.com to discover a collection of Hyperice products and use the discount code HURDLE5 at checkout for an additional 5% off Hyperice tech. Now, this is excluding Hyperice X and Core. Again, head on over to hyperice.com and use the code HURDLE5 at checkout to get an additional 5% off your purchase today. Next up, I want to give some love to my sponsor at Inside Tracker. Now, if you ask me this holiday season, the best gifts, they're personal, right? And there is nothing more personal than the gift of good health. Whether your loved one runs, bikes, hikes, plays sports, or simply just wants to improve their wellness, Inside Tracker is the most personalized way to make sure their body stays in it for the long haul. Why not get your loved ones a gift that is truly special and unique to them? This Black Friday, save $200 on Inside Tracker's Ultimate Plan, the most comprehensive way to get personalized insight into their body's well being. No two people achieve optimal health the same way. Age, genes, nutrition, and lifestyle, they all play a part. But no matter who you're shopping for, Inside Tracker's personalized nutrition and performance system provides the most detailed analysis of their biomarker data from blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracking. Inside Tracker gives them the power to live a healthier, longer life through concrete, personalized action plans consisting of proven, science-backed recommendations. So head on over to InsideTracker.com slash hurdle today to save $200 on Inside Tracker's ultimate plan. Plus, 
enjoy 25% off site-wide to give the gift of personalized health. Again, that is insidetracker.com slash hurdle to save $200 today on Inside Tracker's ultimate plan and enjoy 25% off site-wide. Happy holidays, everyone. Probably a whole other vibe actually being handed the silver medal. Yes. I mean, talk us through that. <laughs> that was a <laughs> that was a huge thing for us as well. Cause I don't I don't really don't even know like what was going through everybody's brains after floor and even after vault in general. Cause we were just like, okay guys, we just gotta go out there, hit, do whatever we need to do and hope that we medal. And just being able to say that we got a silver medal and knowing that we did it with all of our heart and joy and our passion was, it was amazing. That silver medal was like my shield. It lets me know like, okay, all that ache and pain and stress you went through in the past and in the moments and all that is definitely like it's shielded in that medal. So I'm just really excited and I'm happy that we were able to do what we did out there because that was a lot. It was stressful, but you know, we fought. Yo, I'll never forget. I feel like I was like making coffee on the morning that you were on the Today Show. I think it was like the maybe the day after you won silver when they like sprung Michael Phelps on you. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it was on the Today Show. Um, we had to do our interview. That moment lives rent free in my mind of like me thinking about being 20 years old and like being offered <laughs> like like a superhero, like on a silver platter in front of like all of America. <laughs> that was crazy. I literally was just like in awe because they had told us, they told us he was there, but I was like, is there any way I could meet him? And they were like, well, we can see what we can do. And I was like, okay. So I was sitting there and they offered us sushi or whatever, or something like that. And I was like, okay, we're sitting there. Duh, duh, we're going to eat sushi. We're going to do this. And the next thing you know, he just pops up and I was like, oh my gosh, my mom's probably going to kill me. Like, it just, <laughs> it just came out. I was like, oh, what did I just say? Because I was so starstruck that he was standing right in front of me. <laughs> I loved witnessing it, this. Aside from Phelps, like, was there anyone else on the ground in Tokyo that you came into contact with and you were like, oh my God? Um, We met the softball team and they did, they were, well, first off, they're really tall. Um, I was like, yeah. head, I mean, compared to you guys, I was like, oh my gosh, my neck. Um, but yeah, we met like the softball team. Um, there's obviously a lot of people that I wish I could have met, but you know, the whole COVID protocols that we had to do and we weren't staying in the Olympic village and all that stuff. So I, I think he was the only made one it, made it a little challenging. Yeah, it kind of was, but at the same time, I'm kind of happy that we were able just to be in our own little world because we kind of were there we were there longer than everybody else basically because we were there before the olympics mm -hmm. even started and we ended two a day before closing ceremony so <laughs> it was like we we were everywhere even if we tried to find people and meet them it would it would have been too hard and you had to quarantine for the full time once you got there right yes we had a quarantine and we had to do spit tubes every morning <laughs> spit tubes talk us wait so literally just spitting into a tube and then they test it for covid and then you go about your day mm -hmm. oh my it god was, it was really nasty 
What's the uh what's like the COVID protocol right now for you on the tour? So basically we have to be masked the whole time. Like right now, like when we're out and about, even if this the state or whatever has their own code protocols and they don't have to wear a mask, we still have to wear masks due to because mm. we're still traveling and all that. We don't want any of us to get COVID. Um we all stay in our own rooms. We all have like different buses. We can't go on to each other's buses. Um, basically, like we can do like like if we want to go out to eat, we can go do that. But we just have to be masked. Um, if we leave to like a different state, say um, like we have an off day and we have to go do like a photo shoot or something somewhere else, uh, we have to get tested when we get back. So I do want to pivot a little bit right now and talk a little bit. I mean, you were saying earlier that, you know, that you've had the opportunity to inspire so many young women, um, in so many different ways for you coming into your own. I cannot even imagine how I would have navigated being 20 years old and having so many eyes on me. So I want to talk to you a little bit, I guess, about that and what it's been like for you to, come into your own with, again, just kind of being a little bit under of a magnifying glass? Well, I haven't uh, really thought of it that way. <laughs> how do you how do you think about it? I mean, person like a lot of people when people are like, oh, my gosh, you're so famous. You're this, you're that. I like look at them like, huh, who are you talking about? Because I don't even consider myself famous. I barely consider myself an Olympian at this moment. Like, even when I say it, I'm like, that's me? Like, what? Like, I okay, cool. Um, so when when people, like, say you're my idol, you're my inspiration, you're my hero, you've helped me through tough times, this, that, and the other, it's, like, a really, really, like, heartwarming situation that I love because it makes me feel like, okay, when I was younger – it was hard for me to find the things that you guys found in me. So it was definitely like, it was like, they're like trigger moments. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like you felt that? Like what I did, you felt that in you? Like it took me a while just to even find that for myself. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing that I have little ones looking up to me and being like, oh my gosh, you're my favorite. Like you've helped me discover like I can do this with my hair and this. And like, it's pretty cool just to, realize like wow I put a huge impact on a lot of girls out there it's so you keep coming back to the hair moment yes can we talk about that a little bit like why is it the hair moment for you so when I was younger I went to an all-white school and every single girl just loved touching my hair and I never knew why Mm. and it kind of made me feel like okay like you guys need to stop touching my hair like okay I get it it's curly, cool, whatever. And I didn't really like embrace my curls at that moment because of that. And so I always wanted my hair straight, always wanted it straight. And it was something that my mom didn't like because she was like, your curls are so beautiful. This time I'm like, and then I would tell her, but people are touching it and I don't like it and da, 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 and all this stuff. So it took me a while to really embrace my own curls until my very first competition and I wore a poof, and all of a sudden, it was just like, Jordan Childs, new hair, this, that, and little girls doing this, doing that, and I was just like, 
mom, what's going on? Because I was young. I was like 13 at that time. So I was like, what's going on? And she was like, your poof inspired young younger girls out there to let their hair do what they want to do and not go against like and not have it in a bun and do this. And I was like, oh, okay. Still didn't think of anything until recently, like maybe three, four years ago, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep embracing it and see what happens. And ever since then, girls have been coming up to me. Jordan, you, I love how you did your hair this time and this time. And I've done tribal. I've done this. I've done that. Because it's like my hair is my crown and it's my beauty. And I'm going to take that with me when whatever I do. And that's basically mm. how how the younger girls saw it. As in, if Jordan can do this, I'm going to do it too. You mentioned uh, you mentioned earlier going to college. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel about that. I'm so excited. I don't even think like <laughs> I can't wait personally. Like I cannot wait. I can't wait just to be able to go out there and have that college experience and being able to be with the team and exploring new things and making new friends and doing I don't even know like what college people do basically. But it's. it's I think it's going to be fun. I can't wait to finally start competing for them. UCLA, the Bruins have always been since I was, I don't know, eighth grade? Whenever, how old are you then? 13, 12, 13? Yeah. That's how long I've been with UCLA. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be so good. And do you expect that you'll uh, still be able to see your family a lot being over in California? or? I can already tell you my family is going to be there all the time. I'm the youngest of five, so it's going to be a constant. I'm coming to L.A. this week because that they have nobody, no more kids. Uh, such a big theme for USA Gymnastics this year, talking about mental health. Do you feel as though because this conversation has kind of come to the forefront that there are more resources available to you? Or do you feel still like it's your responsibility to seek them out? A lot of the time, so I don't even know, way back when, they offered a sports psychologist to help with whatever we need. And it was kind of like, if you want to do it, you do it. If you don't, then you don't. Um, But after, without dealing with USAG and all that, and just going on about like what you want to do, it's what you want to do. Nobody can control if you want to go to a sports psychologist, if you want to go to therapy, if you want to do this, if you want to do that, it should be all based on what you want to do. And so they really take that into consideration. Like, I'm not going to force this person to do this or give you this team and think that this team is good for you. It's all about like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And that's it. So it it just Mm. depends on who you want to be. Like, for instance, me personally, um, my sports psychologist, I was just like, okay, this is this is how long I want to do it, and this is what how long I need you for, and then I'll see if I want to come back. And she was like, okay. So it like like I said, it just depends on who you are. I would say uh, it's pretty cool that you've had the opportunity to do something like that, and it's super interesting in today's climate where so many experts will say that taking the time to quote unquote exercise your mental health or deal with your mental health is just as important, if not more important than spending that time in the gym. 
Yes, definitely. Like I said before, our mind tells our body what to do. So if our minds aren't in the right position, we could get hurt like really, really bad or even like not have an amazing practice. So mental health is something that a lot of us do go through because you never like gymnastics is a crucial and drama sport. Like it's really, really bad. Um, But being able, a lot of the girls at my gym go see a sports psychologist and they're younger than me only because of what they've gone through. And so they need to be able to speak out and speak to somebody who can understand and feel like, okay, this person knows who what I'm going through type. So, you know, it just, it just depends. I mean, I know a lot of people who are older than me and are still going to the sports psychologist because it's not just an athlete. It's, it's in everybody. Everybody has something that's mentally, will they say something? No. But I feel like a lot of the time you can feel it from somebody. And that's what I, that, that's how I am. Like if I feel like something's not right with you and then two days later, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like I was, I'm, I was so not in the right, like, cause I, I felt that. And I can be like, oh yeah, I know. I felt that from you. So that's how it is with me. Yeah. I can feel when people are in the, not really in their right mind half the time. <laughs> You have that intuition. You have that intuition. Now, going forward, I mean, you had spoken about having a negative experience with coaches in the past. Talk to me about who you're working with now and uh, perhaps maybe who you'll be working with at UCLA. So right now, my coaches are Laurent and Cecile. um, They go to WCC, and it's been amazing. They literally brought the love of the sport back to me and I was able to actually feel comfortable speaking up and saying this and saying that and just being able to actually have fun with my sport. Um, they're amazing coaches. I wouldn't change the world for them because literally it, it was a fun, fun ride to have them with me on my journey and just feeling like I was able to do something again. So I love them to death. Like, a lot. <laughs> I'm going to miss them, but you know, I got to move on. I got to move on. Um, and then Don't spread her wings. Yes. Yes. And then for UCLA, Chris Waller is the head coach of the UCLA gymnastics team. So I've known him since I was little as well. And it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. We're going to see what we can do with the team and how everything gets put out there and how lineups go and competitions and all that. So it's going to be really fun. Hopefully we'll do big things for the NCAAs and all that. And I can't wait to finally be on that, that solid soil. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that everyone's going to be rooting for you to do just that. When you think right now, I mean, when I go to your social media page, I look at you, obviously everyone knows you to be Jordan Childs, the silver medalist, the gymnast, Simone Biles' best friend. You've got a hell of a lot of followers, 441,000 people. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? A little girl who had big dreams that are finally coming true. Oh, I love that. Oh, I just got chills. What other uh, what other goals do you have on the horizon? I mean, I'd say that going to the Olympics is a is a pretty big one, but what else excites you right now? What else are you excited to go after? Well, I want to get into acting and stunt doubling. So 
I don't know. There's like a lot of things that I want to do. I want to be in a Marvel movie. I, um, a lot of people say my voice can be in like a cartoon. So I don't know what they said. I would be really at, at, like really good at voiceovers. And I was like, what? Okay. Anyways. Um, well, Jordan, people used to tell me that. And then I started a podcast. So maybe you're going to start a podcast. Maybe. Maybe I'll start a podcast. Um, <laughs> I want to get into, I mean, I do have my own business and everything. So I want to continue the business part of it. Um, that's what I'm going to be majoring in is business for school, which is a lot of people keep telling me that's so hard. I'm like, I like math, so I think I should be fine. Um, <laughs> and then I want to get into like, hopefully real estate one day. That's something that I kind of have been thinking about. My mom's an interior designer. So hopefully like we can like put our two works together and make do really big things. So I think that'd be really cool. I love the array of things here, like business major, stunt double, real estate. <laughs> I'm an all the way. I'm all everything type of girl. I love the entertainment side. One thing that I really want to do, though, is be a backup dancer for somebody or even in a music. Video. Stop it. Yeah. I really like I really want to be a backup dancer for just someone. I don't care. Like I just want to be a backup dancer or be in a music video. That's something that I've just always wanted to do because I think it's it's cool. I don't know. It just It is cool. cool. It is cool. Wait, but if you could if you could pick anyone, who are you going with? Normani. Oh wow. I love this for you. She's like she's literally my favorite artist. Like she, I don't know. She I feel like we're like Ever since Fifth Harmony days, when I look at her, she looks a lot like my cousin on my dad's side for some reason. Well, <laughs> I don't know why. So ever since then, I thought I was related to her. So, you know, I just had to say it. I just had to put it out there. Natural fit. All right. Normani, if this gets to your people, <laughs> Jordan Childs wants in your next video yes a hundred percent and you speak it into existence you know how it works yep i know <laughs> <laughs> i i would love to ask you as we kind of finish up here you mentioned again being having this opportunity to be a role model for so many young women when you think about some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over this past year what is it that you want to tell them to never give up to always thrive for something bigger and just to realize like no matter what is being thrown at you or the expectations to know that you're doing it for yourself and for not and not for anybody else and you know just have fun with it I'm all about fun that's literally like my motto is fun 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 like just go out there have fun do what you love and you should be able to enjoy the rest of your career and what you want to do in life. I mean, I, I say that for everybody, like literally everybody, not just athletes, like artists in different types of way. Like just go out there and have fun because you never know what's going to happen in the future. You never know if this is going to be your last chance. You never know if this is going to be something that you'll never do again. So you just want to go out there, have fun with it and enjoy the moments that you have and experiences. I can even say my favorite quote is my own quote that I made up is always believe in the power of your dreams. Your dreams are bigger than you think. And if you believe hard enough, they'll come true. So that's what I got to say. 
It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. Well, you're great at offering advice. I'm going to ask you for one last piece of it right now. You have an opportunity to give the Jordan in 2017 when she was like, nope, I'm out. I want nothing to do with this. One piece of advice looking back on that hurdle moment right now. What do you tell her? You believed you could. And so you did. Killing it. Closing the podcast with a banger. Jordan, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give us all of your details. I have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Childs, on Twitter at Childs Jordan, on Facebook. I have two Facebook accounts. One is my personal and one is my fan page, but they're both Jordan Childs. And then on TikTok, at Jordan Childs. It will come up as Baby Joe, and I'm still that person. So <laughs> you've been killing it on the top. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you inspire me to talk more. Hey, if you gotta if you gotta talk, you gotta you gotta do it the right way. You just gotta put your <laughs> fist in it. You'll do good. You'll have fun. I actually have so much fun with it. Like I literally have so much. I think that's like what it's supposed to be about though, right? (laughs) I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 